I am now. Alright. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, you know, for a deaf guy, I think I am on, but I'm not. So I'm working on that. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Late Point Church, and, uh, and thank you for hanging out with us. It's your first time with us. Thank you for being here. And uh, we've got cars that look like this uh, in the trails around there. If you take a minute, clear that out. Let us know about your visit with us. If you're watching online, so glad that you could join us and hang out with us wherever you might be. Um, if you haven't got your handout notes, uh, you've got programs. If you see the, the number in front of you, there's a phone number, you can text the word program uh, to that number, uh, number on the screen. And um, I think we have that number. And um, so anyway, you see the numbers uh, in front of your chair, there it is. And uh, you can type, type the number, you got the handout notes in there. For those who are watching online, you can download that. And uh, all kinds of other information is on that program. And uh, so we're looking forward to, uh, uh, you know, all that got it going on, all that's happening here with us at Lake Point. Uh, we're in a series called Simply Christmas. Nothing more, nothing less. And uh, it's all about Jesus and about what he's doing in our lives. Um, and today I'm going to talk about when plans change. When plans change. I, I, I remember our very first Christmas, my wife and I, in fact, we're coming up on our 19th year of marriage in, in about a week, just a little over a week. And, uh, and our very first Christmas, uh, was on our honeymoon in the Bahamas and South Florida, all that good stuff. And, and, um, and so our very first Christmas at home was the following year. And uh, we did a, uh, we thought this would be cool to start some of our own family traditions. And uh, we thought, you know what, living in Florida, let's, let's do something fun, let's do something different. So we, we thought, let's do a Christmas tree where we cut it and we go and we cut our own tree and we put it up in, in our house. And, and so Karen and I were like, you know, sure, let's do that. That'd be a great tradition that worked out. And of course, in Florida, right after Thanksgiving, that's when we went. And uh, we're wearing our shorts and our T-shirts. And that's just so weird for Christmas season in Florida, but that's how you kind of roll down there. And uh, so we went to a tree farm not too far from where we live. And uh, we cut down a tree. We said, this is the perfect tree. And we cut the tree down, and then we put it on top of our car, and, and, and then we set it up in our house, and we decorate it. It looks beautiful. And we're like, this is a great new tradition. We're so excited about this. We're going to cut a tree down every year. This is going to be awesome. And a few days after we put the tree up, we noticed in our house a problem. Our little house became a place where the spiders live. Giant spiders. Wolf spiders. And, and the wolf spiders are about as scary as you can think it is. As much as it sounds like it, a wolf spider is huge. It's, it's over the size of a quarter. I don't want to go into much detail because I might lose you um, in this sermon. But I mean, we, it got so bad. We're like, what is happening here? I mean, at one point, I thought we just need to burn the house down. Okay, this is terrible. And, and so we're trying to figure out where the source of the spiders. And we look in the tree and we noticed that we had one of those spider nests. 
and it came to, you know, and we noticed that there were the spiders were living in that tree, and we were like, okay, we're gonna change plans. <laughs> that tree got undecorated and thrown out before Christmas even happened. Uh, you know, you don't see the trees on the side of the road until after Christmas. It was the first week of December. The tree was on the side of the road, and we changed plans on the dime and got an artificial tree. And ever since then, my wife and I are happy with our artificial tree. <laughs> quite, quite worked perfectly for us, and, and we changed plans. And I think about plans being changed. I mean, let, let me ask you a question. How many of you would say that many of your plans for 2020 were turned upside down? Let's be honest, all right? I think most of us in here would say we have plans, and somewhere along the line, we had to change plans. Things happen. We change plans. Today, I want to talk about surrendering your plans to God. And we're going to see this in the Christmas story where we look at the life of a little lady named Mary. And the two thoughts that we really want to hammer in us, two thoughts that are so powerful for all of us this morning, and we're going to dive right into it. Here's the handout notes if you're taking notes. The first thought is this, that God's interruptions are oftentimes inconvenient. How many of you can say, yep, <laughs> that's right. Our God's interruptions are oftentimes inconvenient. Let's look at the story of Luke chapter 1 and verse number 26. Let's pick up the story where the Bible says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth pregnancy. We're not going to talk much about Elizabeth, but this is a relative a close relative of Mary. Um, She's pregnant with a child. We wouldn't know that child to be John the Baptist, okay? So in the sixth month of her pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of King David, and Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. In verse 29, Mary is confused and quite disturbed, and you would be too if, first of all, first of all if an angel just suddenly show up in your life. Hollywood has made angels to be very tame-looking creatures. Some of you have a nice, pretty angel on top of your Christmas tree. Maybe has a little halo on it. Um, that's not the biblical view of an angel. In fact, every instance that we see of angels are um, terrifying. All right? they're, they're not what we think. All right? They're not pretty you know, in, in the way that we think they're pretty. And, and so she's confused. And maybe quite disturbed and probably very scared. At one point in the conversation, you'll, you'll see the angel said, Don't be afraid. You know, don't be scared. All right? Probably just had to say that. All right? And so, um, confused and disturbed, Mary, she tried to think 
what the angel meant when the angel said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Let's get into the back story. When you start thinking about what's going on in her mind and in her life, we don't know how old that she is, but chances are she's probably 14, 15, uh, 16 years old. And during this time in the culture, if you were that young, once you become a teenager, uh, you could very likely, or you would very likely be promised to another man. You know, mom and dad would, would uh, set up an arranged marriage. And, and so he was um, promised to be married to Joseph. And if you can just get inside this young girl's mind, she probably all amped up about the wedding. She's all excited. If this was modern day, uh, you know, Mary would have been checking out Pinterest for some really creative wedding ideas, some unforgettable, no, unforgettable moments, you know, to make it a special day. Or, or she might be practicing signing her new last name so that she can be ready to sign all the checks. You know, the new jets she's going to be getting for weddings, you know. She might be thinking about, you know, her family and what she would name her little children and, 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 and what those names might be. And, and so you can just imagine she's really excited about what's happening. And all of a sudden, the angel interrupts her plans, interrupts her life. And it's incredibly inconvenient to everything that she had planned out. What can we learn from this? If you see on your notes, see a little box. What we would call interruptions, God oftentimes sees as invitations. What we see in interruption, God sees as an invitation. There are times that we feel like, man, God, you're interrupting me. Oftentimes, it's God actually inviting us to something bigger or higher for our life. When you think about it, throughout the scriptures, we see it played out. But what did God do with Moses? Now Moses was minding his own business in the mountain, and God interrupted him with a burning bush and to tell him to listen, I want you to go back to Egypt, and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Moses would become the deliverer of God's people. God interrupted a regular day with that burning bush. With Jonah, you know Jonah, God interrupted Jonah's workout. She was swimming from the boat back to the shore, remember, you know, got thrown out. He, he interrupted his workout with a giant fish and swallowed him up to go back. And it was an invitation to go back to Nineveh, what he was supposed to be doing, to go back and preach repentance to the people of Nineveh. In the New Testament, Saul, when he was out and about killing Christians, and God interrupted his agenda with a light from heaven, you know, and changed his life with an invitation. He invited Saul to become the author of much of the New Testament and, and, and to be uh, an apostle, uh, an evangelist, to anyone who would hear the saving grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. God interrupted plan with an invitation to something better. And I believe there are many of us 
who sometimes, or maybe oftentimes, we shake, we shake off God's and we shake off God's invitation. We, we call them interruptions. But we shake off the invitation of God to what God really wants to do in your life. I don't know how this will play out for you, but if you'll be sensitive enough to see what we call interruptions as a possible invitations. God might take you somewhere new, somewhere different, to do something special that you couldn't have imagined on your own. It could play out in so many different ways. In fact, there are those of you, you've got your own interruption slash invitation story. And you'll know what I'm talking about in just a minute, but you have an interruption slash invitation story. And, and this week on Facebook, on our, page, on our late point page, I'd love to hear from some of you. Maybe you can share an interruption invitation story um, in one of our comments this week. And share us what that means or what that looks like. For example, some of you, maybe you weren't church people at one time in your life. You weren't religious. And someone interrupted your plans and invited you to church. I mean, Sunday morning was your day to sleep in, or maybe Sunday morning was your day to get stuff done around the house. You know, that, that was your day. And someone kept inviting you and interrupting your plan to come to church. And you're like, man, I don't have time for it. No, I, I'm not going to bother with it. I, I'm not interested. And they just kept going after you. And finally, you surrendered. You're like, okay, you know, I just go <laughs> and do it and just get out of there. And, and you came, and something happened. Maybe there was a song. Maybe there was something that God, uh, maybe someone said something to you and, and God spoke through that, through that person. And, and your heart began, began to soften up. And, and you began to draw closer to God. What you saw was a, a, as an interruption, was an invitation from God to get to know him. And finally one day, you, you raised your hand up, you cried out and said, God, I'm a sinner, please come to my life, forgive me of my sins, I want to be a child of God. And you, 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 what you thought was an interruption was an invitation to something that was a whole lot better than what you ever thought or imagined. And it continued to happen. Someone you know has a need. And, and, and you're feeling this urge inside of you, deep inside, to go see that person, to go see that friend. And you're like, I don't have time for this. And I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do. But this unmistakable urge just won't go away. And so you finally you, you take that interruption and, and you go, and you didn't realize that it was an invitation to go and minister to that friend's need. And you got there, you said things you could never thought of, never imagined you would say, and you walk out of there and say, wow, where did that come from? But at the same time, you minister in that need. It was an invitation, what you thought was an interruption. You ministering to them. Next week, you come to church, someone from the platform, or maybe you start in the program, or maybe you start signing out in the, in the lobby, you know, hey, we need some volunteers. We need some people to help. And you're like, man, I don't have time for that. You know, I, I, I barely just get to church, you know, much less serve anywhere else. And, and, uh, and so you're thinking, I'm just going to walk out of here after the service. And, but somehow, you find yourself talking to the person in charge of that ministry. 
And before you know it, they starting you up to work in a four-year-old classroom. You don't even like four-year-olds. <laughs> but you're in there, you're serving. After a couple months, you're like, man, the most incredible hour of my life is not just coming to church on Sunday to worship, but the most incredible hour of my life is hanging out with four-year-old children every Sunday, which is cool because I can still worship and I can still serve, you know, worship in one hour and serve in the other. The best hour of my life, and I look forward to ministering to four-year-olds. What happened? God interrupted you. Uh, somewhere along the line, you, you got invited to do something better. And you can't get, and you can get those divine invitations if you won't take them off as interruptions. Oftentimes we see the interruptions and we get mad and we get angry. You don't see what God is trying to teach you. You don't see the invitation that God is trying to invite you to. You get the interruptions and say, oh man, you're throwing a towel, you get mad. Well, God is trying to show you an invitation to something better. So the angel of the Lord, he appears to Mary, who has her entire life planned out in front of her, right? And she said, Mary, I've got something different for you. Notice what the angel said in verse number 30. He said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Mary. For you, for you have found favor with God. Now, I don't know about you, but if God got some favor to get out, you know, to give out, I want in on some of that action. Right? If God got some favor to hand out, I want it. And we're going to find, though, that the favor isn't exactly what, is, what she thought it was going to be. Now, I'm thinking if I'm like Mary, all right, but if I'm thinking, you know, favor, why, God can give me favor? Maybe, maybe that favor is that God's going to give me, uh, land me a spot on some wedding reality show, and I'm going to win. I'm going to have a free wedding laid out, and maybe a honeymoon package to go along with it. Man, that's some favor right there. How exciting would that be? But she doesn't realize that the angel on behalf of God has something very different for her. Which leads me to my second thought here this morning, is that God's purpose is oftentimes different than your plans. God's purpose is often different than your plans. Dare I say this? God's purpose for 2020 is very different than your plans for 2020. True. His purpose for us is often so different than what we have planned out for ourselves. We see this in verse 31. The angel revealed God's purpose to the young girl, and she said in verse 31, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great. We'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, can you just imagine the teenage girl, the, you know, Mary, can you just imagine the emotions that she's gone through? I mean, it's like a swing from one, one end to the other. You know, at one moment she's like, wow, she's overwhelmed with humility. Like, man, I'm chosen. I'm chosen to be the, the mother of the Son of God. And then, just like that, 
her emotion swings over here and she's like, whoa, how am I going to tell this to people? Because in this time period, if you're, if you're pregnant out of wedlock, you know, you, you violated the, 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 the laws of God and the laws and you were, you were uh, done to death. And so she's trying to figure out, man, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm going to have, I'm going to be the, the, child, the mother of the Son of God. And then, oh no, how am I going to tell Joseph? How am I going to tell him what's going on? You can only imagine how that conversation would go. You know, hey, Joey, are you sitting down? You know, I, I'm, I just want to let you know I'm pregnant with the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure Joseph thought that he didn't. You know, he's like, uh, are you kidding me? What are you talking about? You can imagine how crazy that whole situation is. But God's purpose was way, way, way different than her plans. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so God's purposes are higher than our purposes, so his plans are higher than our plans, so his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And I don't know how this will unfold in your life, but when God interrupts you with an invitation to something else, you're going to discover that his purpose is much bigger and much better than your plans. And I don't know how it happened, but you'll see this over and over and over again. It may be that you have dreamed of the perfect, healthy family, and, and then you find out you're getting a child who's going to be born with special needs, and it rocks your world. You're like, man, why us? How did this happen to us? And you have no idea what to do, but then later on, the blessing of that child just overwhelms your soul. You find love that you never found love before, welled up, and you're so thankful for it, and you're thankful for what God has done because his purpose is much better and much different and much powerful than your plans. You may lose a job one day, and you might be like, man, how, God, God, how can you let this happen? God, where are you? How am I going to pay the bills? How, how are you going to provide? And, and then you have no option but to think, you know what, I've got that dream from a long time ago. And so you have no option but to start that business, to follow that dream. And, and years later, you look back and say, man, what I thought was a curse was a blessing. And God provided and God took care of me. God gave me the job you know, that I would have never pursued if he hadn't done what he did. That interruption in my life was an invitation to something better. To show me that his purpose is much better than my plans. I don't know how many times I've talked to people who be like, man, I thought I was going to marry this person. Like, we were perfect. We were a perfect relationship. And then somehow the relationship went south. And, and you're like, man, I'll never, ever get married. Or, or I, I, I'll never find anyone like the person that I was hoping to marry to. And you had no idea, though. And they had no idea that God was preparing him or God was preparing her with another person that was better suited to serve God together with that person. They didn't see it at the time. But God's purpose is always much better, much better than our plans. See, God has plans to bless you, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And he will every now and then. He'll move in. And he, what you might call an invitation, what he might call an invitation, we'll see it, you know, as an interruption. But his purpose is always different than your plan. Notice how Mary responded in verse number 34. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? How can this happen? 
I'm a virgin. How can this happen? In other words, God, this is totally impossible, physically impossible. Mary knew it. She said, how in the world can this happen? It would be like for me, you know, I like to play golf, and I am not good at golf. I like to play golf, and I'm terrible. You know, I'm just happy to get the ball in the air. You know, I might lose it, but, you know, I'll play it. Um, I used to be so bad that when I hit the ball, somehow it found its way backwards, you know. And I'm not that bad no more, okay, but it's, uh, you know, terrible. But it would be like for me if an angel appeared to me out of nowhere and said, God, guess what? You're going to win the U.S. Open. Or you're going to win the Masters, and I'm going to wake up from that dream and say, okay, you know, I had one too many tacos from Taco Bell last night. Because that's impossible. I am not going to win the U.S. Open. That's impossible. And that's what Mary is doing right here. She said, no, I'm a virgin. And virgins don't give birth to little babies. It's totally and completely Impossible, And there will be times, I promise you, there will be times for all of us, if you are a child of God, a follower of Christ, that God is going to interrupt you with an invitation to something different. And his purpose is going to be different than your plan. And then he's going to ask you to have the faith to trust him. And you're going to look at it and say, God, I, I don't know how that's possible. I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't see it. I don't see how that's possible. God, I don't see how it's possible. You're asking me to forgive someone. They don't deserve forgiveness. After, after what they've done to me, it would be impossible for me to find room in my heart for forgiveness. Or you might say, God, I don't know how you're asking me to trust you and to be generous when I don't have very much right now. And the trust that you're going to give it back and to provide, I just don't know how that's possible. Or you might say, God, I don't believe that you could ever heal my marriage. After what happened, there is no way, there is no chance that we could ever have a good marriage. Again, it's not possible. Or uh, God, I don't know how in the world you could ever reconcile the relationship with one of my kids after what maybe I've done or after what I may have said to them. It's broken. It's gone forever. And that's what we see with Mary when she says, it's impossible. God, there's no way. Look at verse 35. The angel said, oh, hold on now. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Another way, in other words, this isn't a job for people. This is a God-sized job. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. Look at verse 37. For nothing is impossible with God. Now, I don't know who came to church this morning just for this moment. 
But there may be you here this morning, you're facing a certain roadblock in your life. And you're overwhelmed with that overwhelmed with the thought that nothing is possible, that it is impossible. And what you need to know that nothing is impossible with God. What we what may be impossible with man is absolutely and completely possible with God because we serve a God who is ever present, who is all knowing, is all powerful. He can change anything with a spoken word. All things are possible with God. And Mary said, Hey, I see no way that this could happen. And the angel said, Nothing is impossible with God. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. It's a very important question. This is your takeaway. The question I want to ask is this. What is God asking you to do or to believe? What is it that God is asking you to do or to believe? Now, if you're a follower of Christ, and I believe this with all my heart, that our God, he's a speaking God, he's involved in our lives. Speak to us, he guides us, he leads us, he's involved, he wants to direct you. What is he asking you to do? Now for some of you, you know the answer in this moment. It's because it's something that you've already been resisting already. You've already been fighting. You've already had a tug of war battle going on before you went to church today. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly what you need to do. There may be some of you who say you're not really quite sure, and say, you know what, God, I need to pray about it for a few hours or a few days. But at some point, God is going to show you what He wants you to do. What is God asking you to do? And, and, and remember, when He does show you, when He reveals the answer to that question. Not what you want to do, what you want to do, but what God wants to do. When he does, then you got to get ready to respond. And if you're taking note, if God is asking you to take the step of faith, here's what you need to write down. The outcome is always God's responsibility. Your responsibility is obedience all day long. Outcome is God's responsibility. Obedience is yours. Now we say, man, God, what's going to happen or how are we going to go about doing this? Outcome. That's God's corner. That's God's job. We need to trust. We're called to trust and obey, to take a step of faith and obey. I don't know how this will unfold for some of you, but there's going to come a time when God is going to call you to take a step of faith and to trust him. And you know what we do oftentimes? We often say, how in the world is it going to happen? How we do it? We're always howling it. I don't know if that's a real word, howling, but we're always trying to how it. Always trying to how we do it with God. We're always trying to how it with God. He wants you to start a small group and say, God, I don't know how. How do you want me to do this? I don't even know how you want me to do this. How am I going to pull people together? No, when do you want me to start? My friend, I'm just saying, just obey. The outcome is God. The outcome belongs to Him. You say, Well, God, 
God is calling me to tithe, and I don't know how we're going to do it. Or, or God is calling me to give a big year-end gift for the church, but I don't understand. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But my friend, obedience is your job. If God is calling you to do something, you do it. The outcome, you leave the howling to God. But we got three kids, and we thought we were done. And now all of a sudden we've got this urge or something that's telling us that we need to adopt another kid and we're just trying to figure out how to do this, but we keep coming back to this, we keep coming back to the fact that, you know, we're called maybe to, to adopt, but we just don't know how. Obey. The outcome belongs to God. We're to simply surrender yourself to God, just like a teenage girl did 2,000 years ago. God interrupted her with an invitation to a higher calling because his purpose was much different than her plans. And in her mind, she couldn't conceive how it was possible, but she had to remember that all things are possible with God. And so the angel, the angel put this opportunity in front of her, just as I believe that God it's going to put opportunities for something greater in front of you. Notice what happened. Notice how she respond in verse 38. And I love this. The very first thing she says is this. Mary respond, I am the Lord's servant. Let me stop here for a minute. I am the Lord's servant. Mary, in this moment, she reminded herself who she is and who she belongs to. She said, I am a, a child of the king of kings. He is my Lord, and I am called to serve him and him alone. Even though I don't understand, I don't get it, I don't understand the purpose, and I can't figure it all out, and for sure it's going to cost me something. I belong to him. I belong to him. And because I belong to him, I can trust him with the outcome. I'm just going to obey. I am the Lord's servant. And then she says in this verse, one of the greatest faith-filled statements in all of scriptures. She said this, May everything you have said about me come true. May everything you've said about me, God, may it happen. In other words, God, I have every reason to fear because my plans have been changed upside down. But I have no fear. Because what I have no fear because your plan is greater than my plan. Your thoughts are greater than my thoughts. Your purpose is greater than my purpose. I have no fear because I am the Lord's servant. I know my God he is good. I know my God he is just. And if he interrupts me with something that's inconvenient for me, that's okay. I just want to surrender myself to him. I remember who I am. I'm a servant of the most high God. 
Therefore, may everything you've said about me be done according to your word. Because ultimately, God, the outcome is yours. Obedience is mine. You know, in our lives, we complicate we complicate life on our own. But the story of Christmas is simply this, that we are to trust and obey, even when it looks like an interruption, even when it's inconvenient. We say, God, I belong to you. And I trust you. That's the simple message of Christmas. Nothing more, nothing less. Even when life don't make sense, we continue to trust him and to surrender to his plans, to surrender to his purpose for our lives. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for a timely word from you about a lady named Mary. And although her interruption was inconvenient, wasn't her plan, it reveals your invitation, it reveals your heart that your purpose is much better and much better and much different than our plans. And so God, I pray, as we look into the new year coming up, as we look back in 2020, we uh, God, maybe there, was some, maybe there was some invitations that we missed. Maybe there were some interruptions in our lives and it bothered us so much, so much that we gave up. But God, maybe there was something that we were supposed to hear, supposed to listen. Maybe there was something that you were trying to reveal for us to see. Uh, God, I pray that you were given those opportunities what might look like an interruption is actually an invitation. I pray that we surrender our plans for your purpose. Sometimes we confuse, we, we complicate life on our own when we try to do it our way, when we have our plans. God, I pray that we will simplify our life by listening to the still small voice Follow after you. In Jesus' name.